Yes, Father, indeed, there is a war, but you have won it, and we thank you that you're the gracious, good, kind Heavenly Father that wants to not only be in our lives, but to encourage us and help us and to lift us up out of the messes Satan creates all around us, Father God. And so I thank you today that you give us eyes and ears to see and hear your love, your truth, that we will no longer be bewitched or uh, confused by the circumstances of our lives and how the enemy has used those circumstances to pound lies into us about you, about your goodness. We're very thankful, Lord God, that you are faithful, you're steadfast. You don't change from day to day. You don't change the rules. You keep this, you're, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we thank you now, Lord God, for giving us Jesus, sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to die for our sins, for granting Uh, paying the penalty and granting us eternal life. And thank you for not only that, but giving us power over all the power of the enemy, power to bind and loose, to see through the deceptions of the evil one. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, also that you have, uh, you believe in us because we believe in you and cause your work to go forward in us as we abide in you, Lord God to live as Christ, Lord God, and in you we live and move and have our being. So I thank you. We bind the powers of darkness, those things that would try to mess with this this broadcast, the things that would try to mess with the people's lives and hearts that are listening today. We bless you all in the name of Jesus Christ with a deeper hunger and a more uh, powerful revelation of who Jesus Christ is in your lives and that you will no longer be sitting under the counsel of false doctrine, false teachers. Father God, we just thank you for this favor, blessing, and the power of your truth. Now, guide us, Lord God, as we ask for divine protection over us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that we'd rightly divide the holy word of God according to your truth. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have uh, encouraging words today. Yeah, because we're in the season of Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's good to be thankful. We talked about last week. Thanksgiving is good. It's, it makes it's healthy. It, it it promotes the right vibrations and 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 you know the Bible says think on whatsoever things are pure, lovely, mm-hmm. honest, just, and of good report. And it's there's so much bad report out there. And there's so much to look at, think about, and mull over and and get discouraged about. But right, every day should be a Thanksgiving day. You mm-hmm. know, just uh, as you're hearing this, we pass the traditional day of thanksgiving but there's no end to thanksgiving but, yeah in everything give thanks for this is the will of god in, in christ, christ jesus, jesus concerning, concerning you. you so mm-hmm. we're looking at the book of second thessalonians today mm-hmm. and a couple of spots we're going to just kind of camp on and and uh, and look at here today we're starting with chapter one verse one paul sylvanus and timothy so it's kind of a a joint greeting greeting from these guys mm-hmm. that were partners in ministry to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go to Acts chapter 17, you'll see how the church in Thessalonica got started. But look at the greetings that Paul brings, and, and they're doing this together, Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy. But this is a common greeting that you see in the epistles mm-hmm. of Paul. That's right. Grace to you and peace 
from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say so, something right here? Grace, you know, peace. Grace, favor, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and shalom means like a wholeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the Hebrew, it would be shalom, peace with God, the peace of God, mm-hmm. and the God of peace kind of all rolled together here. Well, he's blessing them with the revelation of that grace and that peace from God our Father. And, and you know, when you think about how they had how God had been presented to them in the Old Testament, the view they had of, of God. He was, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't known as a father. He was known as Almighty God or the Creator God or the one true God. But there wasn't a real lot of revelation about his tender mercies or his kindnesses or his desire to be loved and known by his children. Yeah, there, there, And even today that's true. Th- yeah, that was there. I mean, there was an awe and there was a reverence. And then, of course, for the most part, there were people recognized that in the Old Testament. Yeah. And yeah. then there were people that really recognized it. And then they were seduced away mm-hmm. by the paganism of the right. of their surrounding culture. But now there, Paul and Peter and Jesus have presented a deeper understanding concept of this relationship yes. with the Father as good and as for us and not someone who's just waiting for us to mess up so he can, you know, smash us over the head. Well, that's the revelation, you know, of God as, as, as Father. And that's, that's really his heart has been always that that's way. That's right. But, it, you know, uh, grace and truth mm-hmm. came through Jesus Christ, we see in John <clears throat> chapter 1, what? verse 1. We see that the... Um, he he's undoing their deprogramming, undoing or expanding or deepening, deepening the truth about the real nature and character of God. And to this very day, if you stop, listen to yourself. What, who is God to you? What is your concept of God? Is he one who is for you? And he, or is he one who's waiting for you to mess up? These are two different views of God. <clears throat> anyway, so grace and and mercy. This is the this is the new gospel. Grace and mercy and peace, and all these things in every like you said in every epistle. He says the same thing. Um, then he says we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith always grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. So this is what he is thankful. Paul is so thankful that he's seen God's love growing in them and their thankfulness to God and to one another. And so we really, at this time and in this, in this season of our lives, the thing Satan is trying to do is divide and conquer and set us up in opposition to each other. But as we become more and more part of and recognize we're part of the family of God, the bride of Christ, we begin to appreciate the love and the life of those around us. And that's what Paul is doing. He says, your love exceedingly abounding uh, in every one of you. So he's really excited about these brethren yeah, and it's interesting when you look back to Acts chapter 17, when the church was basically started, founded, he, Paul came and preached in the synagogue of mm-hmm. the Jews, and he said uh, he, he shared, used the uh, Old Testament scriptures to, con, to bring the fact, and, and from his own testimony and experience, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the Messiah. Here he is. He's already come. And and says, and some of them were persuaded, and now and a, a great multitude of the devout Greeks, so Gentiles, mm-hmm, and, and some of the leading women, so some of the more prominent women in the city came to know the Lord, 
and they joined Paul and Silas. And of course, there were others that so. rejected the message and created a lot of trouble. But uh, so this is it. Um, so you have you have Jews, you have Gentiles, and they point out uh, some ladies that really came to faith in Christ. And he says, as we read here, that they're doing well. So they're coming yep. along well, and he hears this. He's and excited about he that. He says, "Your faith grows exceedingly." Mm-hmm. In verse three, and love of every one of you abounds toward each other. So, so they that were means selfishness. They were growing in faith. They were growing in love. Insecurity, selfishness, fear, loneliness were being dismissed and and removed. He says, "So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God." It's like saying, well, you don't, you know what they're doing over there? They're they're really growing. They're helping one another. They're, you know, they just really have the love of God manifesting mm-hmm. in their lives. He says, um, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So he's really now bringing them into a real subject area. Okay, you're patient. There's lots of tribulations. There's lots of persecution, and you're enduring that. And now he's going to explain to them about this because a lot of people say, well, if, you know, I thought it was supposed to bo- go better for me when I'm in Jesus. Well, it is, but also you have to put the devil in the equation and know that the devil's not happy with all that and he's going to push on you to bring you back to discouragement and, and rejection of God. See, the devil is just trying to do one thing. He's trying to blow up the, the bridge, the relationship between you and God to cause us again to be fearful, isolated, confused, and then vulnerable to what the devil is doing. But he says in verse 5, he says, um, he says, this tribulation and persecution, uh, which you endure, he says, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. So what is he saying there is that there's a, a part of this being part of the kingdom that is there's an endurance, there's a suffering, there's a standing and having done all to stand and resisting the evil and resisting the temptation to take offense to be a betrayed, to get angry and, and, and pull away from God. And so there's basically the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And so when uh, these persecutions and these tribulations were coming, they were standing fast mm-hmm. in the Lord. They were trusting. And so it's kind of a, a proving. They were, their, well, their faith, their patience, their love, the grace that was upon them was being proven even in the midst of the tribula- tri- the tribulations that they were facing. So what were they being tested to? to what, what, what was the test? The test was exactly what we talked about in the beginning, to continue to believe that God is good, that God is for you. God is not the one punishing you. God is not the one setting this up. Satan wants us to believe that God is the one who is um, angry with us and punishing us and with, withholding good things and, and teaching us lessons through getting us sick and whatnot. And, and so Satan is trying to really twist our concept of God as to being one of, I can't trust him. I don't know what he, you know, he's, he, I just can't trust him. I can't trust God. I don't know who he is and what he wants and what he's going to do next. So, so Paul is straightening that out here when he says, you know, you're being, you're being troubled and, trib- and there's tribulation but he says, but it is going to be the righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you. So what he's saying here is Satan is pulling that um, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, blood for blood, blow for blow card where he's trying to you know, get us to be upset, uh, be offended, um, and then judge one another. And then he fl- flips it back and, 
and uses that scripture as a justification to judge us for judging them or 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 punish us for for uh, you know for something he can, can uh, gets us to consider we did as a result of wrongdoing so he's trying to get us to judge god and it, it, you know people don't think of it like that they don't realize that all of your tribulations are put upon you by Satan to try to break up the relationship between you and God. And he's testing God to, to see if God is able to keep you in all of these troubles. So, yeah, and, and another thing, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. So the Lord says, I'm going to take care of it. He said, right. uh, he says, I'm going to uh, repay those with tribulation, those who trouble you, verse 6, and give you who are troubled rest with us. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a two thing. God is acting as the righteous judge mm-hmm. dealing with so we we can we can release that whole situation that to him. Mm-hmm. we're not going to take it into our own hands right we're going to re- just just stay faithful to the lord let the lord take care of and those don't that are carry, troubling us don't carry the heavy burdens of injustice against you people have hurt you ripped you off spoke evil of you practiced witchcraft against you rejected you things were twisted about you you're all you can't defend yourself let all those heavy, messy burdens be carried by Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the faithful witness and he knows exactly what happened and you don't have to explain yourself to God. And so may, maybe right now it looks like they're getting by with all kinds of things, whatever it is, in your personal life and in the world. But remember what, what Paul says, God is going to take care of this at the end. God is not judging all these things. Now he's, he's, he's judging some things by, by you going to the court of heaven and bringing the crime. He's bringing justice in that way. But at the end, all of these little and big and huge and unbelievable, terrible things will be judged by God. He says, ultimately, here this is when when it comes, this is, I don't know if it's ultimate, it's right next to ultimate, let's put it that (laughs) way. The Lord, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven Mm -hmm. with his mighty angels, when he returns personally and powerfully in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's two categories of people here, those who know God and believe him, and those who do not obey him. There's only two kingdoms, and you're not going to be able to explain it away with an I don't know, or you know it was just an accident, or whatever our excuses would be, because God is watching, and God is able, and God is keeping track of everything. So whatever you're looking for in terms of justice will happen but he's at this point in time, people are the Satan because God delays his his interaction with us, uh, doesn't bring the punishment instantly to these wicked people. We think that they're getting by with it. They think they're getting by with it. They think that nobody's going to remember it. God does remember everything, and even now the hidden works of darkness are constantly every day being brought into the light. And God said, uh, <clears throat> Paul writes here in verse nine. Uh, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And when is this going to happen? When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because of our testimony among you was because our testimony among you was believed here's the problem so there's a vindication of of believers here but that vindication isn't right now no and that's the problem because we all are living such a moment of instant gotta have it now can't put up with this anymore you know um where's god we we just aren't he's talking about we need to be patient endure 
mm-hmm. know the truth that God is faithful to bring the righteous judgments. And even he's going to, you know, eye for an eye. So if Satan's playing with an eye for an eye, God says, okay, you do this to my kids, then you've brought it back on your own selves. Mm-hmm. And so the, the we have to recognize that this day today is not the final day. Mm-hmm. This is not the final day that you're walking. We're walking in a journey. God is faithful. Jesus is walking with us by the power of the Holy Spirit every day. He's put people around us that are lovely people that love the Lord. And we can we can go together like they would go up to Jerusalem for the feast. They would always go together in groups and their family group or a friend group or whatever. So they were always together walking on the, the road together. There's more safety in that. And they could also have fellowship and conversation and start to enjoy one another even as they went along. And so that's what God wants us to know too. We're on our way to the new Jerusalem, but as we walk on this road, we can fellowship with one another. We can eat together. We can, you know, hang out together. We can lie down in, yeah. in the rest of the evening together with what they, they had to, they had to stay in groups because of the thieves. And the same is true of us. We have to stay together with our brothers and sisters and be thankful for them and be patient because everybody isn't the same as you, mm-hmm. yeah, which is not, a new a revelation I have. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Therefore, we always pray, we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of the goodness and the work and the works of faith with power. So God is allowing us to grow, count you worthy of this calling, giving you more challenges, more things to believe him for, more ways to defeat the enemy, more ways to stand, more ways to help other people and fulfill the good pleasure of his goodness. He's got a plan for us. And you say, well, I don't know if I want God's plan. I want to do my own thing. Well, you know what? God's goodness and God's plan for your life is the very, very, very best thing that you're going to like the most because he created it into you to love and to like and to desire that. So when we're in God's will, Satan wants you to think, oh, you're in God's will. Oh, sure. Well, he's just making you do everything he wants. You don't get to do anything you want. You have no free will. Yeah, I thought you had a free will. Now you got no free will because now you got to do everything God wants or he's going to get mad at you. No, no, no. The truth is what God has put in your heart to do, what he put in there, his goodness, is the very thing that he that you will be the most excited and fulfilled in yeah, doing. Yeah, as you serve the Lord, the Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness, Psalm 100. Join gladness, yeah. Ser- serve the Lord with gladness. And what, what happens there, as you serve the Lord, as you, as you are a servant, this is how you become free. Well, you know the thing is, too, what you're saying, thanksgiving and, and gladness and joy. These things Satan hates. He hates gladness. You know, he wants gloom and doom. He wants dread and fear. He wants panic and terror. He wants people to freak out about the end of the world. He wants people to freak out about their finances. It's, it's, who is glad these days? Who is looking forward to Jesus Christ coming back? And so much the more, he said, as the day approaches. Every day you live on this planet, you're one day closer to seeing Jesus Christ, whether you're going to meet him personally in your own personal death or whether we're going to meet him all in the rapture or when he comes back with the, with the horses and the white horses and all that we're all every there's no you cannot deny every day we're one day closer to seeing him so let's look forward to that let's prepare for that and let's make the best of what we have right now in this opportunity to love him and to love one another yeah in verse 12 there of second uh, thessalonians chapter one that the, so the, there's a point here fulfilling the good pleasure of his goodness mm-hmm. right and the work Praying of for, faith with power, mm-hmm. with power, not yeah. just not just believing, not just believing not just hanging power, in there, 
with with power and <laughs> grace where things are uh, accomplished for his kingdom. Yes. And the point being, verse 12, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what's the the plan here is for them to be glorified, but how are they glorified? They are glorified in the in, in what we do, using the grace they give us to do what they've called us to do, which is like heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, preach the gospel. That's how they're they're glorified in our obedience, Jesus and the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're glorified in our obedience and in that we are also glorified because Jesus, when he was going to the cross, he said, now I will be glorified. What was he doing? He was looking forward to being glorified by going to his death and and laying down. But he also believed that there would be a resurrection and there'd be salvation for all of us. That was already, he understood all that. He understood it perfectly, that it was nothing that they could do to earn their right to salvation or heaven. It had to be, the, the price had to be paid in blood. And the only blood that qualified was his and so that's why he was willing to lay down. Now he wants us to do the same, follow me. He said, what does that mean? Well, for some it may mean giving your life, shedding your blood. For others it may mean um, you know, reaching out to the broken. There's so many out there th- these days that are homeless and broken and destitute and, and, and in every kind of way, beaten down, stripped of their dignity. And it, God is gonna equip his, be- his people, his body, the church, with what they need, whether it's resources, food, love, warmth, comfort, uh, instruction, teaching. He's giving you what you need to minister to his people. Mm-hmm. And in ministering to his people, you you are glorifying God and you're also being thankful. Yeah, and the glorifying the name of Jesus. That's what we do want. Do what Jesus would do in every situation. Yeah, not just the name of Jesus. When that we're not just talking about the name Jesus or his name Yeshua, uh, but we're talking about the character. When you're mm-hmm. talking about, in the Bible talks about in the name of Jesus, it's according to the authority and according to the character mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. So it's like a, a, when you think of a name of someone maybe famous, you think of what they're known for, right? What they do, who they are. And so this is when we're talking about making known to the world who God is, mm-hmm. what he does. To um, do that, we have to be like him. Yeah. We have to do what Jesus did. And you remember he would, like the time when he was multiplying the bread, he looked up to heaven and gave thanks. There's a power in giving thanks. There's a power in that that I don't think we quite understand because when you you speak out loud, acknowledging God, thanking God for your food, for the blessings, even for the tribulations. When we thank God and recognizing that all things work together for good and what Satan just tried to do to you now to clobber you, God is going to turn that around for a blessing for you and and a benefit. And so you're just going to wait and see how God's going to switch this around for your good. Instead of saying, where's God? Why isn't God here? What did I do wrong? Those are all questions the devil is putting in your mind to ask you to answer, and you can't answer them, so you tell the devil, shut up, I'm waiting on God. But so he, he now we're going to skip. We've, we're done with chapter one of Second Thessalonians. Now we're going to skip chapter two for a minute because that's a whole different section uh, that's very important, and maybe we'll do that next week because there's a lot of, you know, he's about the lawless one and the Antichrist and, and um, all that sort of exciting stuff. 
But if you don't mind, we're going to go to chapter uh, two, verse thirteen. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, he, basically, what he's talking about in those those first twelve verses about the falling away, mm-hmm. apostasy, the coming of the antichrist, that's and so we're, forth. Mm-hmm. We're we're kind of in that area right now. We are there, but we're not going to talk no, about that but, right now. But it says in verse thirteen. But he says, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through the sanctification, through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. Now, that's a loaded verse. Yeah, it is. Uh, He says, we are bound. We're just going to give thanks to God for Mm -hmm. you. And it's important for us to be thankful for our true and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank God they're a blessing to us. They're a blessing to the heart of God. They're a blessing to all those around them. And so we mm-hmm. we need to be thankful for them and encourage them, everything, because one of, it goes back here from the beginning. God chose, you were chosen from for the salvation. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we were chosen, Ephesians talks about, we were chosen in him from since the be- before the foundation of the world. Right. We so were you, chosen in Christ Jesus. So to answer the question of predestination, because some people say, well, you know, God knew about everybody. God predestined. Here, here we. it sounds like um, it says, bound to give thanks. God from the beginning chose you for salvation through the sanctification by the Holy Spirit and belief of the truth. So the process was going to be through the Holy Spirit, you believing the truth, you coming into an acceptance of the truth. That's how God... So let's go to Romans for just a second. Romans chapter... Eight and talk about predestination for about four seconds here. Um, verse 29, 829 of Romans. For whom he foreknew, that he is capitalized, so that would be God. For whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, comma. Okay, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So who did God foreknow? Who did he know about ahead of time? Well, you have to say everybody, right? So if he knew about everybody ahead of time, then he predestined everybody Everybody had the opportunity, the chance to be conformed to the image of his son. No one was kept out or held back. Everybody God knew about, everybody God created, everybody had the same option. He knew who was going to believe and who was not going to believe. He, but he foreknew everybody. So he, mm-hmm. he predestined everybody to have the same opportunity, the same chance. Then in verse 30, he says, moreover, whom he predestined. Who did he predestine? Everybody he knew. Who did he know? He knew everybody. Who did he predestine? Everybody. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Now listen to this. He called everybody. He did. But when you're invited to a wedding, everybody got invited to the wedding. But if you didn't receive, or you received the invitation, but you didn't respond to the invitation, you, you didn't do. answer the call, you yeah. didn't show up, at, you didn't go to the wedding, then you unselected yourself to go to that wedding. Mm-hmm. And so what we have here is people are being called everywhere, all the time, by the Spirit of God, and whom he called these, he ju- but so you have to answer the call and, and respond to the invitation to be saved before you can get to the next part. Because he called everybody, yes, he did, and, and but did not everybody answer the call. So now you're getting into that selection process. So those who answer the call, those he justified, and whom he justified, 
These he also glorified. So the justification, the glorification only happens to those who respond to the call. Everybody was called. God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't select out a few. Well, I just want to, these guys, I like these guys, so I'm just going to call these guys. He knew everybody, chose everybody, wanted everybody from the beginning. So what happens is we unselect ourselves by being tricked by the devil, by following for his lies and believing lies about who God is and what's going on. So like you said, he, he his choice for uh, is that his first choice is that everybody would be saved, mm-hmm. right? God is willing, Peter said that, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But then he says, um, to which he called, verse 14, to which he called you by our gospel. So mm-hmm. the call comes by the gospel. Through the, the gospel. The invitation right. comes through the gospel. Yeah, there's for not the many. obedience of the glory of, a, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the gospel is the official invitation. Mm-hmm. So you're invited to the wedding, the marriage supper of the Lamb. But the official invitation, which is sent to everybody, is through the gospel of repentance and salvation, the blood of Jesus. It's not through good works. So, you know, that's the only invitation that will be uh, um, accepted or um, received as, as correct. So you're getting in because you've come in through the gospel of Jesus Christ. To the, the, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have taught, which w- you were taught, whether by word or by our epistles. So he's saying, now don't waver, um, stand fast. That's what Ephesians says too, in the harassment of the enemy, the trials, the tribulations, the unrighteous judgments, the words against you, the accusations, the unfair, unfairness, the incessant demonic stuff that's going on with your, within your life, all around your life, all the time. Stand fast. Why stand? God says, fight the good fight of faith. And how do we fight the good fight of faith? By standing. He says, stand fast. He says, stand in having done all to stand in the evil day. Withstand the evil by standing, Ephesians chapter 6. Mm-hmm. So we stand because they, they, God and, and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, have already won the victory. We're just standing our ground in that victory. Yeah, and he talks about uh, hold the traditions which you were taught. Uh, no, something tradition can be really bad. You can be you can be doing. Jesus rebuked the scribes and Pharisees for holding to the tradition of the elders. They had traditions like you had to wash your hands and your arms in a certain way before you ate and stuff. They had all kinds of traditions that were man-made traditions. Right. But traditions, you know, I mean, there's a tradition of loving one another. Mm-hmm. There's a tradition of prayer. There's laying a down tradition your life for of others. laying down your life. There's mm-hmm. a tradition of denying yourself, taking up the cross, and following Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So those, the, it's something. A tradition is something that you do, and you do basically repeatedly, and mm-hmm. you you hold it as sacred. It's it's like basically it, the traditions are really the faith, following the faith. Which, the simple gospel of Jesus the simple Christ. Gospel, mm-hmm. Christ is you know. Christ has come, he's died, he's sacrificed for our sins, he's risen again, he's ascended to the right hand of the Father, and Mm -hmm. he's coming again. In the meantime, he's asked us to love one another, follow him, trust him, preach the gospel, like you mentioned earlier, heal, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Freely we have received, freely give, and that's what we're called to do Mm -hmm. these days. As we are that we can, we can in the midst of all the trouble, tribulation trouble. and pain mm-hmm. and injustice that's going on this is this is the kingdom of god this is of the god. high this calling is the, of god this is the releasing 
of the kingdom of God amidst mm -hmm. the kingdom of darkness. The, the world says taking the high road. We're going to take the high road. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. So it's not like there are no good works in this thing or no good works. It's all, but that those words and works come out of the relationship with Jesus Christ, just like apples come out of the, the branch that abides in the vine, in the, in the, tr in the trunk of the tree. He so, so here it's a, it's a natural process of abiding in Christ and bringing forth the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy. And then he says also in the, the last chapter to pray for us that the Lord may have uh, full, free course and be glorified just as he is with you. So um, he's asking for divine in intercession protection. That's another thing we do with one another. We need to pray for one another and stand with them that we may be delivered here. Listen, what he needs to have his prayer, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. Ah, are we in any, any different place today? Unreasonable, insane, uh, wicked men, evil, vindiction, beyond our imagination, evil. Yes. And But get to verse three. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. So the Lord is faithful to complete the work he's begun in us. He is faithful to protect us. He's faithful to give us a way of escape out of any and all these things. God is faithful to do the work. He doesn't expect us to figure it out. He doesn't expect us to take the responsibility that he has to carry because he is the faithful, responsible one. And, and I like what Paul says in the uh, verses four and five here. And we have confidence in the Lord mm -hmm. concerning you. We're confident, you know, he said in, was it Philippians? He that's begun a good work in and you is going to continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So our confidence in the Lord, we're confident in the Lord's work in you, in your lives that you will do and will do, that you will do now and will do in the future mm -hmm. the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. So the Lord wow. direct your hearts into what? Knowing the love of God. And so, Father, we thank you today that the whole, the whole journey really is to know your love and to be participating and recipients of your love and to spread that good news uh, to the others, the, the love of God. And it is your love, Lord God, that takes away fear and loneliness. It is your love that, that compels us to, to go the second mile. It is your love that, that causes us not to be fearful or pull back. Lord, so Father God, may the love of Jesus bless each one who listens to this uh, broadcast. May everyone come into a deeper uh, a more powerful revelation of your love, your intimacy with them, your wh who, knowing what they're going through, a confirmation, co comfort, and completion for all of us, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, I just pray for, you know, the Thessalonian church here was, they were troubled by some news. They were thinking, well, maybe the Lord has already come, and we missed it, and uh there were others that were troubling them, and, and Paul writes this letter of comfort that the Lord is going to take care of this. The Lord is going to make everything right, and, and we endure uh, faithfully uh, during this time. And so, Lord, I pray for those that are listening here today that may be troubled about the things yes. going on in this world, the or falling away. Mm -hmm. We're in a falling away, yeah. for sure, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like mm -hmm. Paul talked about. So... 
May we not be troubled by this. Yes, our hearts are broken because of things that are occurring in our world, but I just pray that there will be grace and peace and mercy and, and mercy for each one that's listening here, mm-hmm. that we will focus on you, that we'll continue be here, to be here to express the character of Jesus mm-hmm. everywhere we can, while we can. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for encouragement now for each one to keep our, uh, that we all, keep all our hearts and minds in you, Lord God. Yeah. Amen. And you will per- keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind That's, is, I, I think it was Isaiah 26, mm-hmm. right? Whose mind is stayed on you. You will keep us in perfect peace. Let's keep our focus on him, on you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Amen. In Jesus name. And we thank you for joining us today. And we also encourage you to check us out at liferecovery.com. And I'm really thinking that we're coming into that season of, you know, where we meditate on the birth of Jesus Christ and is coming to us and rejoice by giving people gifts and encouragements. And we have a really super special and kind of unique gift uh, in the the audio drama, God on Trial. And I it's, it's, it's just a whole lot of fun. It's not fun in a frivolous way, but it's fun in a very deep and powerful way. It's not only entertaining, but it's inspiring, and it's also a very anointed evangelistic tool for a lot of people who don't get God. They don't get God. I don't get God. Why is he? Does he ever really have a right to rule this world and and all the forces that say who he don't? Who is he anyway? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so again, this this is an audio drama, twenty eight episodes, and you can buy them se- separately. And I think they're three or four bucks a piece, dollars for a twenty eight episode minute episode. Uh, dramatized with actors and and wonderful sound effects. Um, So if you, and it's good for kids. They really like it. Kids love them. So again, check us out, liferecovery.com, God on Trial, and we'll see you again soon. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.